Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. In episode 99, I am delighted to be joined by Julie Crayfield as we talk about the fact that she believes that she will be okay even when things get tough. And I resonate so much with that sentiment. Life's ups and downs, I think I've always had an inherent knowing that I was going to be all right. And I think that sets me up for knowing that no matter what comes, I'll get through it. And I think that's a great place to put ourselves in. So I really encourage people to try and get into that place if they can, to try and talk themselves into that. But this is a great conversation just about about life, about our patterns, about being motivating ourselves, about self-sabotage and just about how optimistic we can be for the future. Julie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Super excited. Yeah, thank you. Tell us a wee bit about you. Oh, where to start? Where to start? Um, I think I'd start off by saying, actually, I'm a single mum. I'm a single mum to uh, an eight-year-old um, and I'm based in East London, East Londoner through and through. Yeah. And I've just had this roller coaster of a life, really. Lots of highs, lots of lows. And I'm learning as I'm getting older just how awesome I am. I know that sounds really big-headed, but it's one of the things that I help other women to work out. Um, And I think it takes us till we're in our 40s to really admit that we have some brilliant qualities and some great expertise and that we are just wonderful human beings. And somehow life, I don't know, tells us that that's not okay to say that about yourself. I really, I love it. I love it. I, I also think I'm pretty awesome. So I'm right on board with you. And always hope to encourage other women to think the same. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's weird, isn't it? Because we're taught somehow not to boast. You know, mm-hmm. don't like yourself too much. Don't get too big for your boots. Like you know, don't acknowledge when you've done well. Play everything down. You know, somebody says, "Oh, that's a nice dress." And, oh, this old thing. You know, oh, it's yeah. only from Primark or whatever. Uh-huh. You know, and it's like I don't know. We've been conditioned to um, just just not acknowledge just the uh-huh. awesomeness. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to tell us about you? Uh, I'm a business coach. I'm a a speaker. I run a company called Two Fat to Run, which is a plus size fitness movement. I've been doing for about 11 years now. I've run marathons. I've almost signed up for another one. Can't believe I'm saying that. I always said no more. And then I got an invite to do one somewhere so exciting next year. I can't talk about it yet. Um, I may say yes I don't know Um, for you (laughs) yeah I've got like a love-hate relationship with exercise really like I love it once it's over Uh um but it takes a lot for me to to want to do it yeah um but it's you know the power of sport and the power of community have been the things that have kind of kept me going really you know And, and the internet I mean how lucky are we to be alive during the time where we can connect over over zoom exactly I don't think the podcast would have ever came into being because I wouldn't have found the time to meet as many women as I've managed to meet virtually this year yeah absolutely uh and it gives you I think it gives us insight it's very easy you know I'm I'm a massive believer in local community as well but you know locally we can be a bit insular you know we live similar lives and whatever and and the internet has enabled us to have a peek into other people's lives and what that does it shows difference but it also shows how similar we are yep Mm-hmm. great great thank you so much for that julie and so i can't wait to hear what do you know for sure 
I know for sure that I will be okay even when things get tough. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I know for sure. And the reason I know that for sure is because I've had so many moments of that toughness. And what I know is that every moment of like glory in my life followed some kind of heartache yeah. You know, every time, you know, I went off to uni after one of my first boyfriends was killed. Wow. And it's only recently that I've even thought about that. Yeah, that, you know, it wasn't the reason I went to uni, but it was a reason that I was glad that I was going to get away. You know, I, every um, income leap when I, you know, when I worked in local authorities, every income leap was always because a manager had annoyed me or I hated my job, you know. And so sometimes the the bad crap that happens in our life forces us to want better. And then we do whatever it takes to get that better. I mean, at the time, it feels awful, doesn't it? Like you break up with someone or whatever. You know, I I got made redundant four times in 10 years. Mm. Um, And by the fourth time, I was like, oh, for goodness sake, um, but that fourth redundancy when I was pregnant with my daughter, I would never have set up my own business if that hadn't have happened. I probably would still be in the public sector. Exactly. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what I know for sure is even when it feels like my life is falling apart, I know I'll be OK. Yeah. And I think it's a conversation that I've had with a lot of mostly women uh, in the last year or so. And things are coming to an end and uh, being overly positive for some people. But saying but endings are always followed by beginnings and you can't oh. lose that. That if, we st- if everything stayed the same, you would never get a new beginning. How dull would yeah. that be? Yeah. So are you, I suppose accepting of attached to excited by even the fact that you know that your future moments of glory may be followed by things not going right yeah I mean I also think it's a bit of a pattern for me Mm. so I think sometimes I sabotage things in my life to give me that f like that energy to move forward and I sometimes question myself like what would life be like if it was easier would I still be motivated you know would would I find the energy to get out of bed every day like you know I'm hugely motivated by creating a more um I don't know, just a more secure life for my fu- uh, for for my daughter, you know, for her future. Because we grew up very poor, you know, it was very mm-hmm. feast and famine growing up, and that's yeah. exhausting. Uh-huh. And even in the business world, it can be a bit like that, you know. One month you do well, and the next month you don't. And so, you know, I, I want to create a level of security for my daughter and for myself. And sometimes I say, you know, would I be so driven if I had a million pound in the bank? I have those conversations as well. Well, I do put on my lottery ticket religiously and yeah. curse at my screen when I realise I've not won. I do think, <laughs> but I would be bored if I was a millionaire. Oh, see, I don't think I would be bored. Uh-huh. Oh, my God, I don't think I would be bored. And so I've obviously done a lot of thinking about this, you know. Um, and I, I, I met this woman at a conference once and we were talking about like manifesting and how you can mm-hmm. bring things into, into life. And I said, oh, I'm great at manifesting. And, you know, I, I manifested a hundred thousand pound once. She's like, how? And I was telling her the detail and she was so excited. And she said, um, so if you can manifest a hundred thousand pound, why can't you manifest a million? And I was like, yeah, it's a really good question. And I was like, maybe I just don't want a million enough. Uh-huh. And she said to me, it was so funny. She's a Polish lady. And she said to me, Julie, she said, you are a selfish cow. And I was like, <laughs> what? She said, because if you don't learn how to do it, how can you teach us? 
And I was like, wow. And it really changed my perspective. And obviously, as a business coach, I do come across women that want to create financial security for themselves. And that does mean you know, getting beyond six figures, going to multiple six figures, and maybe for some women, getting to a million. Like, why are we so afraid as as women, as business owners, Mm -hmm. to want more than what we have, you know? And and maybe it is our upbringing. Maybe it's because somewhere deep down we think that rich people are mean and selfish and, Mm -hmm. you know, but I know that if I did have a million pounds, I would do some awesome things in the world with that money. That's true. That is very true, and I'm quite sure I would too. To take you back to something you said earlier, you talked about, we were talking about the pattern of your life and you sort of referred to self-sabotage, and I think we can all relate can't we we can all have like I know I was I know I am sabotaging myself here or I know I did sabotage myself have you do you feel that having that understanding now that that can be a pattern for you makes you less likely to self-sabotage oh good question I think sometimes we we know we're doing it and we actively convince ourselves that we're not yeah right Mm -hmm. And so if you use, say, food, for example, right, we can be on a diet or we can be on like sugar free or whatever the thing is. And then we'll get to the end of the week and we go, oh, I really want some chocolate, but I deserve it. So so it's fine. You know, we can convince ourselves that we're not sabotaging. Uh Um, But I think. The awareness piece, I think everything starts with awareness. If you're not aware of your patterns, you can't change them. And so it's about um, kind of the cure it's about the prevention and the cure from yeah. from my perspective so uh-huh. one of the things that i know helps me to stop sabotaging is to create structure so i have quite a structured week so even though there's space and room to maneuver mm-hmm. i pretty much know what i'm doing every day of the week in terms of my business you know yeah. i have days that i meet clients i have days that i record podcasts because otherwise I would be like, oh, I'm so busy, I can't get to the gym. Or I'm so busy, I, I, I didn't have time for lunch today. Or I'm so busy, I couldn't spend quality time with my daughter. Yeah. And so I know that I use busyness as a way of sabotaging. And so knowing that about myself meant I needed to create a system for productivity that wasn't completely rigid because that wouldn't work for me, but gives me space, gives me space to decide, do I fancy, I've got space in my diary, now do I fancy going to the gym or not? You know, now it's my choice, not like, oh my God, I'm so busy, I don't have enough time, you know? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And at the very start, before we got on to what you knew for sure, you talked about how you know you are awesome and it takes you until your 40s to realize that now when I started doing this podcast this is number 99 so I've spoke to 99 women and before I started I did think is there going to be a recurring theme is there something is there going to be a few things that we all know well there isn't I would say something that we all know for sure but the essence I get especially women of our sort of age in their 40s in their 50s and they the reflection is I wish I had known then what I knew now I wish I had known in my 20s what was important. And so I think that realisation that when you get to your 40s, you're a wee bit more like, I have got this, I've got me, actually. So was that something that came to you into your 40s or is it something that you think you caught up with quicker than that? I think I've always known. Like, Mm -hmm. I have this belief 
that we are at our most vibrant and most unique when we're around eight or nine as, as a child, particularly for girls. This has been my experience. And because I've got an eight-year-old who's about to turn nine, I look at her and I look at her essence and I just know at some point she's going to have that beaten out of her. You know, life will do that to her. You know, yeah. at the moment she's so confident she's so smart she's multi-talented multi-interested in life you know she's got this vibrancy about her she takes up space she's she's not aware of social conditioning and, and norms and all of those kind of things she's living her best life yeah and when I think back to who I was at her age I was probably very similar I was really clear on what I was good at and what I wanted to do and I might not have had the right words to articulate it but I wanted to be a writer and I wanted to speak and I wanted to be on the stage and I wanted people to listen to me right and if I look now that's what I do uh-huh. I'm a writer I'm on the stage people listen to me like and somehow it did get knocked out of me particularly in school because the narrative was oh you're not academic you come from a really poor family you're never going to go anywhere and if you hear that often enough mm. then you start to believe it and you start behaving in certain ways that take you down a certain path but I think I always knew I was destined for more than what other people thought and I had this element of like rebel I'll mm. show you I'll do this that is out of the norm and you then you won't really be able to put me in that box anymore so I think that I've I didn't ever lose it completely. Uh I knew I was out of alignment when I was a teenager and I was going off the rails. I knew that I was going off the rails because no one was listening to me and because I knew I was worth more and all of those things. So I do think I've had insight. And often when I talk to women about this, they say that they didn't have that insight. So I don't know if I am different, Mm -hmm. but I definitely have increased in confidence and my awareness of this theory since being in my 40s. I'm more... Um, willing and able to to articulate it now. Maybe I was a little bit afraid before. Yeah, yeah, and I think society sort of a. I feel as if you know, as a mouthy woman, which I'm sure you could probably resonate with, Julie, having following you <laughs> on social media and heard you speaking, as that it suits society to try and make me be quiet. <laughs> Some some yeah. parts of society, not all of society. Yeah. And therefore, I just need to rebel against that. No. <laughs> you know, and sometimes it's in our families. You know, uh-huh. sometimes it's our partner, it's our mum, it's our kids. You know, like, don't wear that. Don't say that. Don't do that. Oh, mm-hmm. you're so embarrassing. Like, So sometimes it's not even society. It's the people closer to us because we trigger something in them. Yes. You know, we're all so different. And, you know, my mum is quite um, shy and, and quite... Uh, an introvert and I'm an extrovert so I must have been a really difficult child because she wanted to just blend in and I wanted to you know Mm -hmm. to stand out so I'm you know it's no wonder that me and her had quite a difficult relationship because she didn't understand me and I didn't understand her. Uh So as you move forward out of the pandemic and I don't know what life has been like for you the last 18 months but as we move forward now and I'm sure you share as I think most people do that we just need to get to 2022 and hopefully life will start to feel better and we will start to move forward with all the plans that seem to be put on hold, perhaps, for a lot of folk. See, that confidence that you have, that you know for sure that you will be OK, mm. does that make you excited and confident about what is next, whatever that may be? It does. It, it makes me realise that I'm in control of more than what I might believe to be true so Mm. if you watch the news if you think about the freedoms that we had taken away from us 
there was a sense of loss. There was a sense of like, oh, my God, I've got no control over any of this. You know, the government's telling me what I can do. The supermarkets have got no food, you know, all of this kind of stuff that really um, triggered so much in us about our sense of freedom. But what we what I believe I can do is I have an imagination and I have a platform and I have a voice and I can create things out of thin air, you know, and, and as a, as a business coach, I create online programs. And so whenever I come across a problem, I'm like, I can create, I can create a solution for that. So it feels like being a magician. So it almost feels like whatever Mm -hmm. is around the corner, I will come up with something that is helpful keeps my mind occupied I mean I was running two online businesses and homeschooling my daughter in a two-bed apartment with no outdoor space yeah. and a cat that hadn't learned to you know to poo in the litter tray yet you oh. know and so so it was really challenging you know the only place I could go for a bit of quiet was in the bath like that was literally the only place I could go for a bit of peace and quiet and so it was super difficult yeah. but it was also probably the most insightful time you know the 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 moments that I had with my daughter Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't have had if she was at school yeah Mm -hmm. and and so what that's done is it's made me incredibly grateful for what has happened in the last two years I mean my business had never made as much money as what it did last year wow you know because people needed this you know the skills and the experience that I had and Mm -hmm. so I'm also incredibly grateful for that you know Great, because in what you were saying there is just about how we think about things. And there's a, a Scottish mystic um, called Sid Banks. He's not with us any longer. But I've seen something that he said recently, and he says, people are doing the best they can with the thinking they've got that looks real to them. Yeah. So it's not even just people are doing the best they can with what they believe. It's the thinking that looks real. And I think yeah. it's that real calling upon us, isn't that? A, like question how we think we can get out. Because at the start of the pandemic, I'm also self-employed. I didn't know how it was going to go. Like yeah. you, it's been my most successful time in my business. Yeah. So it's just about thinking, go taking your thinking in a good direction, maybe. Do yeah, and also it? looking for the evidence that, something you desire is possible mm. right we we know that in every crisis throughout history there have always been winners mm-hmm. there's always been people that have come out of it you know artists or musicians or you know there there are stories of composers that wrote their best pieces during the plague or whatever yeah. you know mm-hmm. and so we had we felt like we had no choice we had to stay in our house and we had to follow the rules and all of that but actually within those constraints sometimes boundaries give us freedom yeah you know routine gives us freedom going out for a walk once a day might feel like control but actually no one can tell us what to think on that route no one can tell us what to believe or what podcast we're going to listen to we still have so many more choices than so many people do Mm -hmm. so it's about awareness and it's about looking for the evidence that things will be okay yeah great thank you so much Julie for joining me on the podcast thank you and I'll put the link to your website in the commentary that goes with us brilliant thank you so much Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching Anne Hughes Ignite. 
if I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching Anne Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, annehughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you. <laughs>